I believe that we have discussed before that I am a word nerd. I love puns. I love idiophones. I love generonym. I love bonus themes. I love being a big enough dork to have developed enough of a relationship with words that I needed to know the names of those phenomena and then recite them for you this morning. My love of words is, of course, related to my love of expression and communication and relationship. But there's far more to it than just the utility of words. I certainly relish the ability to describe something concisely, and I also love to wax poetic. Church and theology and the liturgy give us so many opportunities to encounter words we don't really engage in other contexts. Eucharistic, intinction, chausable, apostolic. There are other words that we read and hear at church that we also read and hear in the rest of the world, but perhaps have different connotations here. Host, fraction, corporal, grace, love, peace. There's a psychological phenomenon called semantic satiation, where you hear a word so many times that it loses all of its meaning and your brain just receives it as a jumble of sounds. I imagine you've experienced this at some point in your life when trying to spell a word correctly or edit a paper or memorize something or perhaps just in the course of a conversation. I wonder sometimes if we have a particular offshoot of semantic satiation in the church, sort of a theological satiation. I have just made up this term, but I do not believe that I have invented the phenomenon it describes. We hear words and phrases so frequently in our scripture, preaching, liturgy, reading, and other spiritual practice that we just sort of gloss over them without deeper reflection. Words like love, grace, hope, sin and freedom and salvation, and this morning's particular focus, peace. Each week, we share the peace of the risen Lord Jesus Christ with one another as part of our liturgy. What a gift. What a delight. What a responsibility. And yet, during this time, we often just wave to each other, shake a hand here and there, maybe say, peace be with you, maybe chat to the person seated nearest to us for a moment before settling down and moving on with the service. In the before times, the passing of the peace became like a miniature coffee hour where we'd crisscross the aisles and greet people and then have to be reined back in by the presider in order to continue with the Eucharist. But have we heard the word peace so many times that we aren't even really paying attention to what it means? When we follow the directive to pass the peace around, are we conscious of what we're doing? I'm not sure. In our text this morning from the Gospel according to John, we are in what is called the Farewell Discourses, where Jesus is formally exiting the lives of his disciples before ascending to heaven. In the midst of a lot of instructions, review, and cryptic messages, Jesus assuages the fear he knows his disciples are experiencing at the thought of his departure. He says to them, peace I leave with you. My peace I give to you. 
And do not let your hearts be troubled. Do not let them be afraid. He says this to them in that time and that place. In our hearing this morning, he has said this also to us. Peace I leave with you. My peace I give to you. Today and every Sunday, we are reminded of that gift of peace when the presider says, the peace of Christ be always with you. And we reply, and also with you. And while it is practically against the law to introduce an argument with dictionary definitions, I think it is crucial to our endeavor here to start with the basics. What actually is the peace of Christ? What have we actually received? That's what we're trying to figure out today. The Oxford English Dictionary, which I hope we can agree is an authority on words, lists two definitions for the word peace. The first is freedom from disturbance, tranquility. And the second is a state or period in which there is no war or a war has ended. These are fine definitions for general use. Did you notice that both are based on the idea of absence? An absence of war, an absence of disturbance. What is a positive peace? What is a present peace? In order for this peace of Christ to be such a gift to the disciples and to us, I imagine it to be much richer than an absence. I do not mean to belittle the concept of war. The absence of war is truly something to celebrate. And it is my fervent prayer that someday our earth will know the true absence of war. Peace in every place, for every people. A quick sidebar. Do you know the origins of the peace sign? Not the this one, but the circle with the lines. I have it tattooed here on myself, my earrings this morning. I love a theme. The peace sign originated in the 1950s in the UK as a symbol for nuclear disarmament. The lines represent the letters in flag semaphore, a visual language typical of maritime communication. It's the letters N and D for nuclear and disarmament. The downward lines, the letter N, the center line, the letter D, and then a circle for a nice contained symbol. The presence of peace is fundamentally the absence of violence, war, and mutually assured destruction. The peace sign, while not a word, communicates much. Many great thinkers and leaders have written and spoken about peace. I imagine some of them are here this morning. Take a moment for some very minor audience participation. You don't even have to report back, but wonder briefly about what peace means to you. What does peace feel like in your body? What does peace sound like? What other senses know peace? When have you experienced peace? Maybe close your eyes for a moment and try to remember or imagine. If you aren't sure you've experienced peace, what would it feel like? How would you recognize it? Take a few deep breaths here. Let's ponder.
The great Greek philosopher Aristotle said that it is not enough to win a war, it is more important to organize the peace. The great freedom fighter Malcolm X said that you can't separate peace from freedom because no one can be at peace unless he has freedom. The great Quaker pacifist A.J. Musty taught that there is no way to peace. Peace is the way. The history of our world could be summarized as war and peace. We go back and forth between these states. They mix and mingle as clashes between nations and factions get blurrier. This is why when Jesus says, peace I leave with you, my peace I give to you, he follows it with the clarification, I do not give to you as the world gives. This is the difference. The peace we experience in our world is conditional. It's brief. It's often false. As the Reverend Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. wrote in his famous letter from a Birmingham jail, the peace that the powerful often call for is not true peace. He laments the obstruction of the white moderate, who is more devoted to order than to justice, who prefers a negative peace, which is the absence of tension, to a positive peace, which is the presence of justice. It's not peace if it's simply the status quo. It's not peace if it requires someone to be silenced. It's not peace if it engenders fear. It's not peace without justice, freedom, and tranquility for all of God's beloved children. The gift we have received from the risen Christ is this true and positive peace. As the body of Christ in the world, we operate as the hands and the feet of Jesus, and we have the opportunity and responsibility to, to bear this peace to one another and to everyone we encounter. Our actions in every sector of our lives have the capacity to bring peace on earth. In our own minds, bodies, and souls, we can practice peace. In our intimate relationships, we can practice peace. In our families and our homes, we can practice peace. In our schools and in our workplaces, we can practice peace. In our communities and in our churches, we can practice peace. In the public square, in our government, in our organizing, we can practice peace. We can and we must because we cannot abide the alternative. The great martyr Archbishop Oscar Romero knew this as well as anyone. Before being murdered by the state in the 1980s, he preached peace and freedom to a civil war-torn El Salvador. He spoke on the radio often, reaching people who were far from any good news. He said that peace is not the product of terror or fear. Peace is not the silence of cemeteries. Peace is not the silent result of violent repression. 
Peace is the generous, tranquil contribution of all to the good of all. Peace is dynamism. Peace is generosity. It is right and it is duty. As we leave this sanctuary this morning and re-enter the wider world, let us do what is right and what is our duty. Let us bring the dynamic generosity of peace out into the world God loves. Do not be afraid, dear ones, to lead with peace, to move with peace, to share the peace of the risen Christ. Let that peace wash over you this morning and embolden you to share it. The peace of the risen Lord Jesus Christ is always with you. Amen.